Hello folks, you are listening to the Deal By Me podcast with Dr. James W. Smith, your host. This is where we ask guests to tell us your story. Your story can encourage, inspire, and hopefully transform a life. Guests are asked to share experiences in their lives that can benefit others. Today we have with us Sarah M., who will do that for us right now. Sarah, it is good to have you with us, and uh, I want to begin just by sharing and saying to you that I've had an opportunity to look at your biography uh, and a little bit more about you in terms of where you are, book that you have written, and I found it to be very, very interesting. And so I think listeners today will find you to be very interesting, exciting, intriguing. Uh, So can I ask you now if you will just share with listeners a little bit of your background, you know, tell us about your life growing up in Cambodia. And uh, I take it that that's where you live before coming to the, the United States. Would you share that with us, please? Sure, it's, it's my pleasure to be here with you and to share my story with the audience, with your audience. My name is Sarah M. I grew up in Cambodia. As a child, I, I lived in the farm area. My parents are farmers, but they instill in me that I need to uh, go for higher education. So that's stay in mind all the time. And when I get a chance, I went to college. But, uh, college is about 350 miles away from my hometown. So I left my beautiful family and went off to the capital city. And in 1975, while I was away from home, the communist Khmer Rouge took over our country. They came in in a military style, like the hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. They invade the capital city. They shut down everything, shut down the school, post office, the um, hospital, the, everything. So. Everything was completely shut down and I just 
cannot go home. So I take it before uh, uh, 1975, uh, Cambodia was a democratic country. That's correct. Sir. And after that, uh, was this right after the Vietnam War uh, that all of this happened? I think my, the listeners are going to be very interested in this story. And uh, so that's the reason I'm, I'm asking you these questions so they can have a little background as to who you are and uh, what you are sharing with us uh, today. So now, where were you at the time that the uh, communists took over Cambodia? I was in Phnom Penh, that is the capital city of Cambodia. And I was hiding when they they invade they, they the military truck and the soldier marching down the street and I was hiding in the empty school building to protect myself from the rocket, from the gunshot and all that. But um, as soon as they they completely took over the whole city, the next day they pursued to evacuate people. So they point the gun at us to get out from wherever we are. So they just say, hurry, hurry, go, go, go. So we very panically just grab a few things that we we can hold, we can carry, and we left. We left everything that we ever have and walk off to the street in the very crowded street because everybody need to be on the street and walk away from the city. So it was very miserable, frightening. Now was this was this when you were off in in school? Had you gone off to college? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. While while I was away from my family, I was in college. But that day when they took over, the school was was closed. There's no okay. school open. I I I noticed you say something about killing fields. Uh, what is that? And can you explain a little bit about the killing fields? to listeners uh, today that, you know, I, I'm not sure if I am up to speed on what the killing fields uh, was, uh, were. Can you tell uh, us? Yes, yes. The killing field is the name that was given after all is over, all is done. In four years time, this communist regime was able, was Many to 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 kill two million people. Wow. Our, con our country was was a small country. Only we have only seven million people, but two million was was perished during this time. So um, at one point, when they there's so many people die in a very short time. They don't have time to dig a grave one at a time. They dig a big, massive grave and they throw the dead body into the massive grave. So, so, so that's why the the term "killing fields" is given after all it's over. Oh, because because this is where basically all of the dead bodies were thrown. Okay, now I, it makes a lot of sense. I, I understand that. 
that now. What was the hardest, uh, I mean, hardest thing about this for you to deal with? Uh, you know, it seems like it was very traumatic. You were going through quite a bit away from your family, had gone off to school, and now all of a sudden you're going through all of this. What was the hardest thing for you to deal with? The hardest thing is not knowing what happened to my family. Oh, okay. And we have no connection, no way to communicate. And my mom just recovered from a four years of paralysis. She had an accident and she was paralyzed for four years. And I was her caregiver before I went off to college. Uh, did you did you ever reconcile or get back with your your parents after this happened? Yes, after four years of living in the dark from each other, yes, I I had to make an escape. Okay, okay, and was able to um to recover to find my family. It, very very interesting. Um. Let me ask you, you, you this. Uh, I noticed you've written a book, and the book of, is entitled uh, How I Survived the Killing Fields. And that's the reason I asked you what was the killing fields, uh, how I survived the killing fields. Very interesting, and I, I have to admit that I have not read it yet, but I've gotten a little preview uh, of it. So, what inspired you to write that book? What inspired me to write? Well, I tried to bury all this memory for 35 years. 35 years. I don't want to remind myself of this. It's just too hard to, to think about. But at the uh, in 2015, I was invited to speak at the small woman group. And I had been speaking a couple times before then, but in this particular group, when I spoke, the people, you know, people cry. And then one woman, she's uh, remind her of her, her teenage child who, who took her own life. So she lost her child to a suicide. And that just caught my attention that I don't realize, I didn't realize, I was so naive. I thought that my my life was, was hard enough, but I did not want to kill myself. I, I do my best to survive. But here, here the people in the beautiful country that has everything, but they still did not have hope. They took their own life. So I, um, it, it just caught my attention by surprise. And I realized that maybe if people know about my story, maybe it will help them change their mind to not taking their own life. So that was one of the reasons I decided to share my story. Oh, wow. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I... I want you to share with us because uh, when I decided to start 
doing uh, a podcast. One of the things that I wanted to focus on, having been a pastor for almost 32 years and retiring at the end of this year, I wanted to do something that I thought would continue my ministry. And uh, what I was interested in is having guests uh, on the podcast who would share their experiences and the events in their lives and would be able to kind of tell listeners how they can benefit from their experiences and also share with us how it has helped you with your daily challenges. Are you prepared and can you share that with us uh, today? How your experiences you feel can benefit listeners? I believe so. I believe that um, in my book, I describe in more detail about how how hard a life was in during the time of the the killing fields. You know, I I use that term now. During that time, I was seriously sick with multiple disease, and I was sent to a an infirmary waiting to die. But I I found my way out from there. Um, through my prayer, I pray, I ask God Almighty to please help me to live. I did not want to die. It was my purpose that I want to live because I want to help out my family. My life is not just for my own, it's for my family as well. So my, if I die, it hurt my family more than it hurt me because if I die, it's over. The misery is over. It's a lot easier to just die and let go. But I didn't want to die. So uh, when whenever we are facing a hopeless situation, we have to have a purpose. Purpose for our life, purpose for our future, and that purpose has to be bigger than ourselves. Hmm. My purpose was my family. Okay. It's bigger than myself. I'm not just thinking about my own self. So, so, so you're saying that when one is going through a hopeless period in their lives uh, or their life, that it's important to have a purpose bigger than what or who they are. Yes. Uh, uh, is, am I getting that correct? I yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. Um, is there anything else you want to share? I I I think that's that is really uh, just awesome uh, because I I know even when uh, I was thinking about the same thing, uh, I, I was a compulsive gambler, uh, and I thought about uh, taking my own life at one point. But because I thought about my mom uh, and what was she going to do if that happened? You know, I was the only child. You know, uh, I was uh, practicing law at the time, but I became this compulsive gambler, committed a crime. And all of this was going through my mind. 
but it was my fault on my mom, I think, that kept me from doing it. So I understand to have this purpose, you know, that's bigger than you uh, can kind of keep you from going off the bridge, if that if that's a good word. Yes. To, yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And also the love, the love. So when I thought about my family, I thought about love. Mm -hmm. I thought about how much they love me. Wow. Not, not only about how much I love them, it's about how much they show their love to me. And my little brothers that I have raised because my mom was sick and I was the oldest child. I was, I was like a, handling the whole household duty, including raising my little baby brothers. Let me ask you this. Um, how long have you been here in the United States? I've been here 41 years. Oh wow! Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and and I take it that you've been doing quite a bit of um, speaking, uh, accepting engagements to speak to tell your story. And I also take it from uh, listening to you that that's what you really would like to share. So if folk are interested in uh, more about your story, that uh, you would be willing to to share. Uh, come, accept a speaking engagement or whatever uh, to let folks know what your story is like. It, am I correct about that? That's the perfect, perfectly um, stated. Um, I enjoy sharing my story because I know deep down in my core that I am doing this to help people. Once they get the message, they would think twice about giving up hope. They would think twice about not moving forward. A lot of my, my readers and my listeners, they change their mind. Mm. They, they say that my story will help them to keep moving, keep mm. going on. I, I know that you also uh, is a co-host of a weekly live show on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a thriving conversation. Uh, yeah. How is that? How do you do that? And and how can somebody uh, listen to your show? What, what Where would they go to find it? Well, um, we do this as our, our community service. I have a co-host and uh, my co-host, Lee Tran, she's from Vietnam. She's Her family's escaped through the boat. So they risked their life in the ocean to mm. get here. So we met by introduction from our friend and we, we like each other. And when the pandemic hit, we realized we can do something to help, to inspire, to to motivate people. So that's our project. It's our goal is to help, to motivate, to inspire, to encourage people. So for for audience, for listener, if you would like to watch us, you can go to Facebook and and do the search for a thriving conversation. Okay, that's what that's what I was interested in. Okay, is that uh, 
at any particular time or just pull it up and you can get some of your episodes where you all have done a conversation? Uh, uh, our live show is at 5, 5 Eastern. From 5 to 5.30 is our live show. But the recording is stay in the group, in, in that page. Okay. So so we can, can go to uh, Facebook and look for a thriving conversation. And though we may not get the live one, but there will be some recordings of one that you've shown. The recording is, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Okay. So that's good for listeners to, to know. Uh, so let me uh, uh, ask you, is there anything else you'd like to, you know, share with listeners of uh, this podcast? As I said to you earlier, you know, my uh, podcast is about uh, encouraging, you know, inspiring, and hopefully transforming. And and listening to you, I can definitely feel that, you know, uh, that... Uh, very encouraging to just know what you went through, inspiring, you know, lifting, uplifting. It's it's really, and hopefully for for some people who might be really going through something or contemplating, or doing something that's terrible, uh, it can be transforming. And so that's that's the uh, good thing about uh, what you're sharing with with uh, yeah. us today. So is there anything else you you you, you want to sh share? Please feel yes. free to do so. I have one more, uh, a couple more uh, input that if we are, if you are going through difficult time, think back when your life has been blessed by God, when you, when you were blessed, when, when, when you achieve something, so you know that you have achieved something. So when when you are going through hard time, but you think of the good thing, oh. that will change your mindset. You want to switch your your switch to from the dark time to the light time. So you want to turn on turn on the light, but but by being grateful. I live a life of gratitude. I did not think about the hard, the hardest time in my life that I almost died. I did not think about that. I think about the gratitude, how God pulled me through. He pulled me out from the, the, the destruction to life. So I'm looking my life that way. In any situation, you can always find something good to be grateful for. I feel you. I, I I've been down that road, you know. I've 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 written two books myself uh, that deals with some of the same things that you're talking about. So I know exactly uh, where you're coming from, and I do so much appreciate you sharing it uh, with us uh, today. And I'm going to make certain that listeners uh, get a feel for this. Uh, through Facebook, through Twitter, and whatever way I can share your story. And along the line, hopefully you will continue to be a blessing to so many folk who I know are going through some difficult challenges, uh, who are even thinking of committing suicide, how something that you've said can help to 
uh, encourage them, inspire them, and give them what they need not to go down that road. So I'm excited for you. And I want again to say thank you for sharing with uh, uh, us today. And it's just been a, a pleasure. And there you have it, Sarah M. sharing with us today her story and who is the award-winning uh, author of the book, How I Survived the Killing Fields, and also a co-host on the weekly live show on Facebook, uh, Thriving Conversation. So uh, please, please contact uh, Sarah M. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, her uh, live feed will be in our podcast. And again, we want to thank her for sharing with uh, listeners today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, we ask you to check our website, uh, dealbyme.com, and uh, also uh, check our books out, Deal By Me, a golden opportunity blown and deal by me, uh, self-evaluation, which is a second edition. And I promise you that you will be encouraged, you'll be inspired, and you will be transformed. And until next time, peace and blessings. And may God continue to be with each of you. Thank you.